and welcome to show number three of the 2010 LifeSpring Why Christmas Show. I'm Steve Webb, and I'm your host. On today's show, we've got a great Christmas song for you, and we'll be finding out more about the history of Christmas carols. To start today's show, we're jumping straight into the Christmas story with Mary visiting her cousin Elizabeth. Then James will get into the history of it all for us. Elizabeth was very happy to see Mary. She knew that Mary had been chosen by God to be the mother of his son. When Elizabeth saw Mary arriving, she knew that something very special had happened to Mary. She told Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. I am so honored that the mother of my God is visiting me. When I heard you coming, the baby inside me jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Mary was also very excited, and she sang a special song of joy to God. With all my heart, I praise the Lord, and I am glad because of God my Savior. God cares for me, his humble servant girl. From now on, all people will say God has blessed me. God, the Mighty One, has done great things for me, and His name is holy. He shows mercy to everyone who worships Him. The Lord has used His powerful arm to scatter those who are proud. God drags strong rulers from their thrones and puts humble people in places of power. God gives the hungry good things to eat and sends the rich away with nothing. God helps His servant Israel and is always merciful to his people. The Lord made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his family forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home to Nazareth. Mary went to visit her cousin Elizabeth to see if what Gabriel had said about Elizabeth also being pregnant was true. It would have also given Mary some privacy, because remember she was pregnant and she was having a baby, and she hadn't even told Joseph about it yet. Elizabeth was descended from the priestly families of Israel, and her dad had been a temple priest in Jerusalem, as was her husband Zechariah. Both Zechariah and Elizabeth would have been over 60 when the story took place, and they didn't have any children yet. Not having children was a big problem for a priest, as you needed to produce the next generation of priests to serve in the temple. One day, during his duties in the Jewish temple, Zechariah had been randomly chosen for the important job of sprinkling incense on the altar. Only Zechariah, as the incense priest, would have been in this part of the temple. His role was to pour the incense onto the golden altar and then bow in worship to God. He would then leave that part of the temple and say the final prayer of the service. Zechariah poured the incense onto the altar, but before he could bow and leave, an angel appeared by the altar. The angel was Gabriel, the same angel that had told Mary that she would give birth to Jesus. The name John means the Lord is gracious. Gabriel told Zechariah that John would be a very special man who would tell people about Jesus. Zechariah didn't really believe the angel and asked him to prove this to him. So Gabriel made Zechariah mute until he believed what the angel had said. Elizabeth did indeed become pregnant, just as the angel had told Zechariah. 
and she stayed in hiding for the first five months because people wouldn't have believed that she was pregnant until it was undeniable. The words that Mary spoke to Elizabeth when they met showed that Elizabeth knew that Mary had a very important baby growing inside her, and that Elizabeth's baby would also have something to do with Mary's baby. The words that Mary said in reply are known as the Magnificat, and are a thank you prayer to God. When Mary left and went back to her home in Nazareth, she would have been about three months pregnant, and Elizabeth about nine months. So not long afterwards, Elizabeth gave birth to John. Most people would have assumed that the new baby boy would be called Zechariah after his father, because that was the normal tradition, but Elizabeth knew he had to be called John. The family doubted this, so they asked the still dumb Zechariah what he should be called. As soon as he wrote down the name John, as the angel told him, he could speak again. In the next part of the story, we'll be hearing about Joseph and his reaction to the news. For the Christmas music today, we've got something a bit different. It's Videtti Miraculum by Thomas Tallis. He was a 16th century composer and worked in the Tudor court, composing music for King Henry VIII and Queen Elizabeth I. The words Videtti Miraculum mean see a wonderful thing or behold the miracle, and the words of the song speak about the wondrous miracle of Jesus coming to earth born through Mary. It's traditionally sung on Candlemas, the 2nd of February, when Christians remember and celebrate the official naming ceremony of Jesus in the Jewish temple. The original words are in Latin, and I'll put those along with an English translation on the show notes at lifespringwhychristmas.com. So here's the Tudor Consult, a UK choral group with Videtti Miraculum.
Well, I hope you enjoyed that. It's actually one of my favourite pieces of music, and very appropriate as today our Christmas custom are Christmas carols, and the word carol means a dance or song of praise and joy. So you can actually have carols about anything you want to praise. In fact, the first carols weren't anything to do with Christmas. They were pagan songs sung at the ancient winter solstice festivals. The early Christians took over some of the traditions associated with pagan midwinter celebrations for Christmas, so they had Christian songs to sing instead of old pagan ones. The first recorded Christmas carol comes from the year 129 AD, when a Roman bishop said that a song called the Angels Hymn should be sung at a Christmas service in Rome. Most early carols were written and sung in Latin, a language that ordinary people couldn't understand, so they weren't very popular. During the Middle Ages, Christmas songs started to be written in people's own languages. One such carol was written in 1410, but only a very small fragment still exists. It was about Mary and Jesus meeting different people in Jerusalem. Most carols from this time and the Elizabethan period were untrue stories, rather loosely based on the Christmas story, and were seen more as of an entertainment and were usually sung in homes rather than in churches. Travelling singers or minstrels started singing these carols and the words were normally changed for the local people wherever they were travelling. One carol that has changed like this over the years is I Saw Three Ships, and there are lots of different versions of the words from different parts of the world. When the Puritans, led by Oliver Cromwell, came to power in England in 1647, the singing of carols was banned, well, along with most other Christmas celebrations. Some carols survived, but generally only as old folk songs. A renaissance in carol singing occurred during the Victorian times, when two Victorian gentlemen collected lots of old Christmas music from villages in England. Carols were then often sung by official carol singers, and they were known as waits. They only sang on Christmas Eve, which was also known as watch night or wait night, because of the shepherds who were watching or waiting with their sheep when the angels appeared to them in the Christmas story. Also at this time, many orchestras and choirs were being started in cities across the UK, and people wanted Christmas songs to sing, so carols and carol services became very popular. Many new carols were also written, such as Good King Wenceslas, and if you'd like to know the true and rather gruesome story behind that particular carol, then go to whychristmas.com to the Christmas Customs section and the Christmas Carol Stories page. I don't think it'll be quite what you expect. I couldn't imagine Christmas without carols. I really love the Carols by Candlelight service every year in my church. And Christmas really officially starts in my house when we listen or watch the Festival of Nine Lessons and Carols from King's College in Cambridge University on Christmas Eve. Now if all that's got you in the mood for some carol singing, then why don't you head on over to my new Christmas karaoke site at tistheseason2.b. That's tistheseason2.b. And on there you can sing along to over 55 carols and Christmas songs. Nice one, James. I think I'll go have a sing myself. Make sure you come back next time for the Lifespring White Christmas Show, where James will be all about Christmas trees, and there'll be more of the Christmas story and some Christmas music. For James Cooper of whitechristmas.com, I'm Steve Webb.